be reading from Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 18. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared to join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. Good morning again. <clears throat> Today we're beginning a new series. Um, and so for the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at the idea of, of witnessing. And um, to whom should I witness? Um, Lord Willem will be challenged. Um, and encouraged to share the story that, uh, that resides within all of us. Um, and obviously the story is about Christ. It's a simple one. Sometimes I think we have a tendency, well, I don't think, I know. We have a tendency to overcomplicate it. Uh, the story of Jesus is, is simple. He's God's son. He came, he witnessed, he taught, he was crucified, and he was raised from the dead. And that story saves mankind. And so our job as Christians, as the body, is to share that story. Um, we try, and there's nothing wrong with with coordinated efforts with, with, with programs, platforms. Um, but don't overcomplicate it. God puts us in a place. Each of us. He puts in a place and I bet nearly every day He puts somebody in front of us, in front of you, in front of me that needs to hear the story. And what we're going to look at today in, in the, the opening um, portion of this, of this series is the opposition. The opposition also needs to hear the story. And you'd be thinking, you know, of course, my thought is you know, everybody could fall into that category. Um, but we're going to look at Acts. We're going to look at Acts chapter 5 mainly this week. And as you saw in the reading from, from John David, um, Peter and John find themselves in front of the religious leaders again. Um, they have picked up the, the stink eye, if you will, it, if you will, that they had for Christ 
it's now focused on his disciples and the apostles. Um, they, they are now receiving the, the anger and the jealousy that had been focused on, on Christ. And what he told them is, is coming true. That, you know, if you love me, they're going to hate you like they hated me. If you, if you do the things that I ask you to do, they're going to hate you the way they hated me. And it didn't take very long for that to come true. Not long at, at, at all. And as you saw, things got really ramped up quickly. I mean, look at the attention that, that they got. Look at the attention that they got. I don't know that it was more than when Christ was alive because you've heard me say before that I, I believe with all my heart that when we, we see the, the language with regard to a great multitude, a great crowd, that it was thousands and thousands all the time, over and over and, and over. Everybody wanted, you know, in, in the beginning, you know, and I get that, you know, they, Christ was feeding them. He was, he was healing them. He was performing miracles in front of them. And what he had been doing that drew these crowds, it's very possible that it was even greater, that it escalated with news of his crucifixion and most importantly, his resurrection. The witnesses to his resurrection um, were testifying to the people around them. And, and not just Jerusalem was a buzz, but the surrounding cities, people were, were flocking in. They were bringing their sick. You know, they had such hopes and aspirations that, and I don't know if, if you know, simply, you know, catching Peter's shadow was doing anything or not, but, but there was such hope and expectation with regard to what was going on that people were trying to simply have his shadow cross them. And, and what I think that also is an indication of is the amount of people that were surrounding him and the other apostles. That folks were trying to simply get a glimpse, try, trying to simply have, you know, his shadow hit him because they couldn't quite get to him. Um, and, and so this is them telling the story. It's, it's, their, it's their witness. And what we're going to find them doing specifically is telling that story and dealing with the opposition. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, the high priests, they were the ones that were behind the crucifixion. It was carried out by Roman hands, but the blood was on them because they're the ones that, that navigated the whole process. And the message is still being taken to them. God wants them to be saved as well. The very people that orchestrated the death of Jesus Christ are going to continue to hear and have opportunity to hear the story that played out before them, but they're going to hear it, and they're going to hear it multiple, multiple times. And so application, be thinking about that, application um, is simply that just because people are in power does not mean that they do not need to hear the story of Jesus. Those that are in charge, whomever it might be, 
from local up through federal. They need to hear the story. They need to hear the proclamation. And that comes from us. We're not all in the same position to do it, but when the opportunity is placed before us, we need to find the courage, the spirit to speak it in some shape or form. A little context, a little context. I feel like I'm going to hit my head on this. So uh, you have to come back up and move it if somebody needs it later. Acts 2. Okay, Acts 2. This, this, is, this is just a little, a, a little context and understanding because you, you'll hear us, you hear us talk all the time about, about being together, right? There, there are things that we get when we're here that we can't get anywhere else. Um, and, and, and we're, and we're going to see that pretty clearly. There, there are things when we are together in, in force and in number that you can't get other places. You know, it, it's, you don't have the same experience in, say, small group that you do in the community when it's together. There are things that you can't get here that you get in small group, that you get in, in the home gatherings and in, in, in the smaller sessions of fellowship and study and encouragement. And it's all a package deal but it's all necessary, all of it's necessary in order for us to have that courage uh, and, and have the strength, um, the edification to be able to carry out what we need to. Um, it's hard enough with it all. And, and so take advantage um, of it when, when you can. Because here's, here's what, it was, what was happening. They devoted themselves... Right, this, this is after the, the, uh, the, the sermon from the apostles when they were speaking in, in, in such a way that numerous um, different uh, languages, people could, could understand them. And, and they saw that that was something amazing and, and miraculous. And, and the people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common uh, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as, as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes and there you, there you have that combination that I was talking about you know, that it's, it's, a multi, it's a multi-pronged approach uh, in, order, in order to be able to carry out what we're going to see here in, in, in just a little bit. Um, day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And there, there is impact in their community, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And as they were speaking here in, in, in chapter 4, as they were speaking to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees 
came upon them. Greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. That, and just a little, a little history and recap. If you remember, they had Roman guards posted at the tomb, right? With the, with the great stone rolled in front of the tomb. In sh with, with a seal placed on the tomb so that nobody would dare break that seal. It, they would be under punishment of death by the Romans. They saw the stone removed. They saw the empty tomb. They know, they, they, they knew he was resurrected. And when, they, and when they came and reported the resurrection to the chief priests, they paid these guys money to go away and be silent. And it, can, can you get your mind around that? The resurrection was, was verified by Roman soldiers. And instead of embracing it and, and repenting and, and finding hope and salvation in it, these guys were so filled with jealousy and, and hatred and self-righteousness that they chose to try and cover up the resurrection of the Son of God. That, that was their, their mode of operation. Cover it up and keep it quiet. Well, it, it doesn't work the way that they want because his people start telling the story and people find hope in that because the lost need hope. We all need hope. But when you're lost and you see that hope, Right? It, it is an amazing thing if you recognize it for what it is. It's like somebody drowning and floundering in the water and a life preserver is, is thrown to them and it's something they can cling to to save themselves. Well, they came upon because they were greatly annoyed at the teaching of the people proclaiming Jesus and the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. On the next day, the rulers and the elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name do you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, which is, which is what brought this on, right? Within context, they had healed a man in the temple. Um, and it was seen by everybody just like it, normally is and creates faith creates um, joy creates hope 
By what means, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. Now he's quoting scripture that they would, that they would know. Um, that, and that's interesting. He, he deals with that in 1 Peter um, chapter 2 again. The, the cornerstone that was rejected. That, that is Christ. And so, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, right, common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition to it. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For what a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. The again is, is, is me. You don't find it in most translations. Um, but this is exactly what they would like to do as they attempted to do with the resurrection of Christ. But, but too many people witnessed it, so they can't walk in and say it, it didn't happen. It, it, it happened, and people see it, and people believe. And so what do they do? We, we can't cover it up, but in order that it may... Um, spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So when they can't cover it up, they try to create fear amongst the people. Feel familiar? Make them scared to talk about it. Make it politically incorrect to talk about it. Um, you know, make it, you know, so that they think they can't talk about it at school. That's no place to talk about that kind of thing. Or in the workplace, that's no place to talk about that. Or, or in, you know, any governmental buildings, that's no place to talk about that. Have we got most of them covered? Eh, yeah, that, that, that covers a lot of it, but not necessarily everything. Um, you know, let, let, let's make it fearful for them to gather. Let's make it fearful for them to speak what the Bible says. Let's threaten them with taking away their nonprofit status. Right? Let's threaten them with lawsuits if they talk about things that are in Scripture that, that go against the social uh, norms. Right? Sound familiar? Right? It's, it's, it's the same old playbook been around for thousands of years, right? And, and, and we have to understand it. And we have to understand their approach. We have to look at them and look at the way our forefathers dealt with it and be reminded, be reminded 
that the story has got to be told. The story has got to be told even to the opposition, right? So, they called them and charged them, commanded them, threatened them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Zilch, I want this shut down right now. We are the powerful, right? Fear us because there will be consequences if you don't. That's what you're, that's what you're seeing here, church. I want to talk about it or you'll be sorry. Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For, and, and here, you know, this, this is where they like the double negatives. For we cannot but speak of whatever we have seen and heard. We must speak of what we have seen and heard. Regardless of what you say, do we listen to you or do we listen to God? And they said, we're going to listen to God. And when they had further threatened them, right, well, these guys got a little backbone. Let's, let's, let's come at them again. We're going to threaten them. I don't, and I don't know what they said to them, um, but we know how vicious they are. They, these are not gentle people. These are people that take innocent men and drag them into kangaroo court and, and produce false witnesses, folks that will lie publicly about them, right? And then and have them scourged and beaten and spat upon and ridiculed publicly and crucified on a cross, right? That's, that's who we're, we're dealing with, right? So w- when we look at our opposition, know that it ain't any different than this, this opposition, Fear paralyzes. It, it paralyzes. You know, one of the things they will teach in, in, in the military um, and, and in special combat groups is techniques to overcome fear, to, to get past the fear. Because, and I'm trying to think of what the number is, but you'll understand it's a little cold. Well, I. But I once heard that in some specific battles um, that when it was all said and done that only, you know, and I'm talking ferocious firefights, that only 20% of the men fired their weapons. Only 20%. The other 80 were paralyzed with fear. Fear of the enemy fear of death, whatever it might be, they, they were paralyzed and were not able to fulfill their duty as soldiers. We cannot be paralyzed as, as a church. Um, it, 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 easy to say, Tom. Yeah, it is. But we cannot be paralyzed with fear. We have, we have got to be God's church in motion telling his story. Telling his story. Um, Ray reminded me of something last week. We were talking about, uh, it, it, well, I don't have a slide for this, but 
In Matthew 25, this is the parable of the talents, right? He and I were talking about something different within it, but, you know, the idea of, of you know, having, a, having accountability for the opportunities that you're given and the abilities that you have. You're, we're, we're accountable for, for that. There, there is an accountability. Uh, and in, in this story, in Matthew 25, the, the master gives um, opportunities, talents to his servants and expects them to do something with it while, while he's gone. We know how the story goes. You know, the guy that had five talents went and, you know, worked it in the marketplace and, and, and uh, had five more. And the guy that had two went and, and worked it and, and had two more uh, when, the, when the master came back. Um, the guy that had one, though, Remember what he did with his? What did he do with it, church? Buried it. Right? He buried it. So that it was safe and sound when, when the master came back. Three verses. Verse 24. The one who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not snow and gathering where you scattered no seed. Very flattering. And I was afraid, he said to him. I was afraid. And I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, here you have it. I kept it nice and safe and sound for you. You've, you've got it back. But the master was not impressed with that, was he? That's not what he asked the servant to do. You know, he could have left it in his own safe and kept it kept it secure. The master answered and said to him, you wicked, lazy slave, you knew that I reap where you did not, where did not sow and gather where, scat, where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to put my money in the bank at least. And upon arrival, I would have received my money back with interest at least. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents and cast out the other slave into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I am afraid does not impress God. I'd never thought about it until this lesson. That, that, that's kind of challenging it's it's just ominous that God's not impressed with the excuse of fear doesn't doesn't accept that because he's God and we're told that if God is with us what church who can be against us right um he does not want us to be afraid. He wants us to be bold and confident. It doesn't mean there are scary things out there. We cannot be paralyzed and use fear. It doesn't mean that you're never scared. But we cannot let fear paralyze us and stop us from delivering the story. Okay. <clears throat> the rest of chapter 5. or Yeah, the rest of chapter 5. Pick up. They arrested the apostles, put them in the public prison. This is from John, or John David's reading. 
During the night, the angel of the Lord opened the prison doors, brought them out, and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them, have them brought. Um, but when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison, so they went and reported. Uh, we found the prison securely locked, the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. When the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told him, Look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. <clears throat> to the chief priests that have threatened them time and time and time again and have arrested them and put them in, put them in prison, from their perspective, do they appear scared? Do they appear like they're intimidated? Right? Right? Nothing scares a bully more than that. Nothing strikes fear in the heart of a tyrant more than those who will resist and will not bow down to the threats of stop doing that because I said so. And so <clears throat> they're there. They're brought back in the temple. Um, and so the captain with the officers went and brought them, uh, but not by force this time, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And so they, they came willingly back in front of these guys to continue telling their story. Uh, and, and when they brought them, they set them before the council when the high priest questioned them. Um, again, we strictly charged you to not teach in this name Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. All right, and they also don't like to hear that they've sinned. They don't like to hear that. No, you know, nobody likes to hear you're a sinner, you're guilty. Um, we we want you to stop doing that. But Peter and the apostles answered again, "We must obey God rather than men. We are not going to do what you say." We are going to do what God says. And where you differ from what God says, side note, God creates government and empowers government. You know what government is expected to do? Government is expected to do God's bidding. It's expected to follow God. And where it deviates from God's teaching, the church cannot. You hear that? Church cannot deviate regardless of what government says and again it's not new been going on forever the God of our fathers raised Jesus whom you killed by hanging him on a tree God exalted him in his right hand as a leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins and we are witnesses to these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to, surprise, surprise, kill them. Wanted to kill them. Now, this is interesting. And, and, and we'll close here shortly. A Pharisee, this is, how, this is how we're viewed, okay, by the opposition, okay? 
Um, this is extremely insightful, what, what Gamaliel tells them. A Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. Okay? Powerful man in the ranks. And he said to them, men of Israel, take care of what you're about to do with these men. For before these days, um, Thaddeus rose up claiming to be somebody and a number of men, about 400. Uh, this kind of reminds me of the uh, Monty Python, um, Life of Brian, where people took off ch chasing a sandal. Remember that? And it's been a while since I've talked about that, but that, it makes me happy. And then other folks took off chasing a gourd because they, they found some kind of kind of you know strange weird hope in all that um, and 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 develop quickly followings right and if you remember there was a time when, when Brian um, stood up on a on a stone and and you know because in the movie he was being chased and and he stood up and he started reciting what he had heard from from the back uh, of the of the room from the Sermon on the Mount and then he and nobody was paying any attention and he ran out of what he remembered and start just started just talking gibberish and when he started talking gibberish, people really honed in on him and, 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 and found him interesting, he, and he quickly developed a following. And so I think that's kind of what Gamaliel is telling these guys, right? He's saying, okay, so do you remember this guy, Thaddeus rising up, claiming to be somebody and a number of men, eh, maybe 400 or so, joined him? Well, he was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed, and it came to nothing. And after him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and and threw away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. Right? So they've seen this play out. They've seen this play out. You know, it's, it's, it's probably fleeting. Let's, let's give it a moment. And uh, what you'll find is that the people really are not that committed to the cause. They're not that committed to the cause. And if they're really not that committed to the cause, there's no need to really get worried about it. You know, get all, get all bent out of shape. Get your blood pressure up. Let's just, let's just see what's going to happen. Now, they've already got a little, a little history with these guys that says to me, well, you know, we've, we've kind of thrown a lot at them and we haven't stopped them yet, but let's, let's see. And so, so in the present case, I tell you, Keep away from these guys and let them alone for a bit. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fall or fail, right? But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called the apostles, they beat them, charged them again not to speak in the name of Jesus, and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. We talk about emulating the, the church of the first century. And uh, it's, a, it's a lot to live up to. It's a lot to live up to. What, what these guys faced, 
the opposition of the leadership, of the power. I mean, that, other than the Romans, you're, you know, they were dealing with the most powerful folks in Jerusalem, in Israel. And so, had they folded, you know, it'd be understandable. But they did not. They continued in the temple and from house to house telling the story. And as we know, when they had opportunity, when they had opportunity, it, I mean, it's nice to have discussions with, with friendly, common folk, but it's, it's another thing to have conversation to tell the story to the opposition because the opposition can be pretty furious uh, in, in their stance and response to, to you and to me. Yet, they need to hear it too, right? Caesar needed to hear it. We, we see them to continue to do it. When they have opportunity, they, you know, they would talk to Pilate, you know, um, John the Baptist, right? Herod, you know, he told Herod, you're sinning, right? He, he died for that, right? Paul, whenever he was before magistrates, he would tell the story. So we, we, we have got to speak the story when we can. We've got to challenge ourselves to do it. We've got to continue to be prepared to do it um, as an individual and as, as people, as a, as a group, as a body, to proclaim the story. So what I'll leave you with is that. Speak. Right? Speak. God will put someone in front of you. He'll put someone in front of you. You don't necessarily have to go find them. He'll put somebody in front of you. But I would challenge you to do this this week. Please do it. Make a list. It doesn't have to be 100 people long. Make a list of five or one. Someone you know that you know needs to hear the simple story. Right? The simple story. In, in Thessalonians, when Paul recounted the gospel, it was simple. It's, it's what I started with. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he was born a man. He was crucified. He was raised on the third day. And because of that, your sins can be forgiven. You just have to trust in him. But, but we have to speak. When God puts someone in front of you to hear... We just need to speak, and, and we'll be surprised. Sometimes we'll be really surprised, but we'll be pleasantly surprised from, from time to time. And you never know, you never know. The one that you think might be least likely to accept it might be the most likely that's searching for something. With that, the lesson's yours. If you're with us today and... Uh, You've never been baptized um, into Christ. If you understand what that means, we would, we would rejoice with you if you would make that decision today. If there's 
other needs that you might have. And we do this from Sunday to Sunday to Sunday, right? It is a, it is a tradition um, that we offer an opportunity for folks that might need the church, need, need additional strength, prayer, and awareness. Uh, we'd invite you to come or, or, or find someone afterwards. Um, but get the encouragement, get the help, right, that, that you need. Don't, don't suffer alone. That's what the church is for. But if there is any need you have, I'd ask you to stand while Mark leads us in song.